102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And Bon Jovi with back Steve and Dave in Rock 102. I guess Bruce Springsteen was on stage last night with Bon Jovi singing. Just kind of popped in. Just muscling in on his show? Well, actually, no. You know what? Correction. He was on with Coldplay, actually, Bruce Springsteen. He just showed up. God. Yeah. Why, why was he gone with such horrible people? I What? what? Coldplay's horrible? Oh, God. Really? Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Coldplay is the kind of music that people listen to when they don't like music. Kind of like the Dave Matthews Band. Yeah, I'm down with the Dave Matthews Band. I like Coldplay better than Dave Matthews, though. Ooh, that's that's kind of like deciding which one you would prefer, uh, gonorrhea or syphilis. Well, speaking of which, there's a new brand of ice cream out we could talk about later on. I don't think you guys are going to like that either. Can't believe you're going to skip over National VCR Day. Well, we talked about it yesterday, right? Well, today is the day. I know, right? And you said you need one, right? For all your home movies. I do need one. (laughs) Uh, We are actually going to have a guest today. Uh, Alicia Dennis from uh, People Magazine Investigates. uh, The new season uh, of that show. Now on on Investigation Discovery. We'll be talking to her sometime uh, later this morning. There you go. There you have it. It's 534. We're back, Stephen Dave, and Rock 102. Hey, Springfield kid. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551. And Peter Gabriel with back, Stephen Dave, and Rock 102. Forecast, same as it was yesterday. Highs of about 80, sunshine and clouds today. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aquapump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well, through the pump, and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Could Top Gun Maverick be pulled from theaters over a copyright claim? Uh Uh-oh. Probably not, but that's what somebody's trying to do. The original Top Gun was based on a 1983 magazine story called Top Guns by a guy named Uhed Yone. Uhed? Uhed. Uh, Ehud. Ehud. E-H-U-D. Ah, that's not not Ehud. That's Ehud. Well, you can get Ehud from Ehud. I I don't know what (laughs) this guy does in his spare time. Uh, Well, his heirs are taking advantage of a provision in copyright law that allows authors to reclaim the rights to their works after 35 years. They say Paramount didn't renew... Paramount didn't renew the rights to the original article before making the sequel. Hmm. Cases like this might become more common as studios continue to revive older franchises. See? That's karma coming to bite you in the ass because you didn't cover all your legal bases. One of the lawyers representing the Yone family also represented the writers of the original Predator movie who sued 20th Century to regain their rights to their screenplay. He's also representing the heirs of some comic book writers who want to regain the rights to characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm just upset that it's not available for streaming yet because I have no intention to go to the movies to see it, but I want to see it. Why don't they just make it available for both audiences I, simultaneously? I don't know. And and frankly, this movie was supposed to come out back in June of 2020. Right. And it's been pushed off for, for this long. And then now it's not even, like you said, you can't get it on any streaming Not service. until after July when they're going to maybe see how well it does at the actual box office well, and then release it for home use. I'm going to guess that that they, it, it's it's all an economic question. Yeah. If they can jam as much box office revenue yeah. now right. as opposed to streaming where people would, would be more likely to stay home, they know they've got a blockbuster on their hands. Yeah. So they're going to maximize every dollar they can. I think it's the theater lobbyists, the people who own cinemas trying to 
you know, squeeze as much yeah. as they can out of this deal, and they probably have a bit of a bit of clout going on. That's what I think is going on. It's interesting though that you bring up this uh, this copyright thing because, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. When was the last time you saw like an original scripted film released? It's all old property. It's yeah. all old yeah. intellectual property. We can't think of new ideas, so we uh, revive old things. Like Two for the, Tuesday coming up in uh, just a few minutes. Yeah, like that show, uh, that show Scrubs. That uh, they want to revive that now. We were watching that a little bit on the uh, Today Show yesterday, a little too much. The creator of Scrubs and stars Zach Braff and Donald Faison are all interested in a reboot, and an up, and on an upcoming Martin reunion special, Martin Lawrence and the cast are asked about a revival, but we won't know what they said until the show airs. Mm. Ooh, Jesus. Hollywood suspense. <laughs> what has Martin Lawrence done in the last five years? I don't think I've seen that guy anywhere. Uh, he's probably been in some movies and we just didn't I, notice. I guess. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's that's how that usually goes for them is they, uh, they kind of just start falling back, but they're in things, but you just don't see them as much because they're not top built. It's the Chris Tucker plan. It is the Chris Tucker plan. Do you understand the work that I am out of? <laughs> Nev Campbell dropped out of next year's Scream 6 over a pay dispute. She plays the original victim, Sydney Prescott, and she's been in every installment so far. She said, quote, as a woman, I have had to work extremely hard in my career to establish my value, especially when it comes to Scream. I felt that the offer was presented to me did not equate to the value I have brought to the franchise. Yeah, good for her. Why just do something just for a crap amount of money? Well, you bring up a good point, but again, I'm looking at uh, when was the last time Nev Campbell did something? Uh, well, she did that thing, and then uh, that other thing, and yeah, then she, uh, yeah, no. There was that movie called Wild Thing, actually, with Matt Dillon. It was pretty sexy. Yeah, that you was how like many years ago? 20, oh, right, twenty-five years ago. Right, exactly. Uh, by the way, checking Martin Lawrence here. He's got mm -hmm. four projects in either pre- or post-production. Which uh, which one? That would be Mind Cage. Oh, that one's great. Yeah. That would be Martin the Reunion. Oh, a, the Martin the Reunion. That's a TV movie. Mm -hmm. And then a TV series called Nehama and Bad Boys 4 is in pre-production. Right oh, oh, man. There Two and three were so good. Well, you know, I was hoping four would come out because I know five and six. It's paving the way for five and six. But you know it's interesting. Uh, he played in a uh, he played Captain Whack in a film called The Beach Bum. Yes. And then prior to that, he hadn't worked in four years. I don't think the uh, the Bad Boys thing will happen because that's the Will Smith one. Oh, good point. So I, I that's probably that's probably one of those movies that Will Smith had to, they're dropping. Well, it's in pre it's in pre production, correct? Which means they haven't done jack they squat. They with haven't even yet. filmed anything yet. Anyway, Scream 6 is supposed to be released March 31st of next year, and it's hard to imagine another installment without Nev Campbell. I mean, right? she was She's the original the show. chick. She yeah. was the one. Mm -hmm. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie found uh, something new to fight about. Brad is suing Angelina for allegedly selling her half of their Chateau Miraval wine business to a Russian oligarch. Brad said, this sounds like, this sounds like, think it's fake, doesn't it? As soon as you say oligarch, you've, yeah. uh, you've lost me. Uh, Brad says Angelina intentionally sought to inflict harm on him by selling her interest in the company, even though they had agreed to never sell without the other's consent. His lawsuit claims that she did 
the deal in secret, and now the guy she sold to, the Russian uh, named Yuri Scheffler, is launching a hostile takeover. I'm taking over your wine business! Man, first the Ukraine, and now the pits. Uh, Jolie has uh, sought to force Pitt into partnership with a stranger, and worse yet, a stranger with poisonous associations and intentions. Well, would you expect anything less from Angelina Jolie? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, Chris Evans is raising money for pediatric cancer charity in Boston by raffling off the chance to be his date at the red carpet premiere of The Gray Man. The sweepstakes are open until June 26th through omaze.com, and a winner will be announced on July 13th. Did you sign up yet? Well, I mean, uh, I don't know if I'd rather if I'd go to a movie carpet thing with Chris Evans. Uh, oh, there'd no. be other people I'd uh, decide to go oh, with. Well, you are single. But, you are single right now, right? That's right. Yeah. I can uh, I can uh, do that anytime I want. I can take <laughs> Nev Campbell if I want to. She's not busy anymore. There you go. Hey Nev, you got any plans Friday? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. The Ledges Golf Club in South Hadley. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As you know, head coaching positions in professional sports are nothing more than a glorified temporary position at best. One day you're here, the next day you're being escorted out the door by security. And while there's always multiple reasons and extenuating circumstances for every firing in every business, when a professional sports team, such as the Boston Bruins, fires their head coach, I cannot help but wonder who really needs to be fired. The guy that was fired or the guy that fired the guy that was fired? For example... Yesterday, the Bruins fired head coach Bruce Cassidy after six winning seasons and six straight trips to the playoffs and one appearance in the Stanley Cup Finals in 2018. Granted, they lost that series to St. Louis in a seven-game slugfest, but nevertheless, the obvious question remains. What exactly did Bruce Cassidy do to get himself fired? Now, obviously, these things are never that simple. I also know never to believe fully what you read because there's always stuff that you never hear about. However, it wasn't exactly Bruce Cassidy's fault the Bruins lost to Carolina in seven games in the opening round of the playoffs. It's not exactly Bruce Cassidy's fault that they never went back to the Stanley Cup Finals. It's also not Bruce Cassidy's fault that the Bruins got outplayed by better teams. And yet, despite six winning seasons, general manager Don Sweeney decided that it was time for the guy to go. Why? I don't know. But it's possible that either Bruce Cassidy is being made into a scapegoat for all the questionable decisions made by Don Sweeney, or there's stuff that went on that we don't know about. Like every employment situation, I'm going to say it's probably a combination of both. Because honestly, that's how the world usually operates. There's stuff you know, there's stuff you don't know. And there's the stuff that you think you know, but don't. And that, my friends, is why the Bruins are about to hire another guy who they will eventually fire several years from now for another set of reasons that we don't fully understand. Unless the team sucks, and at that point, we'll all understand. But hey, it's my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You want to really say Happy Father's Day? Say it with power tools. Go to Rocky's. Tons of power tool deals all in the sales flyer, which you can find in the store, on the app, or at Rockies.com. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 612, and Aerosmith with back Stephen Dave on Rock 102. It's going to be a really nice day today. Uh, blinking butthole in the sky with a high of 80.
Ooh, the return of the emoji weather. <laughs> well, I just because I looked at it and I'm like, oh, there's the blinking butthole again. Yeah. It's uh it's high of eighty tomorrow. Uh a leaky one at that <laughs> with a high the, of 81. Which is the worst kind, I yeah. should say. It's a butthole in 59 right now in downtown Springfield. Right, we got any imposters here on the show or not? Oh, yeah. I'm a <laughs> fake as fudge. Well, you say Scott Cohen is, too, all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, well, he's, he's, a, a he's a phony. Oh, it's different, I guess. Yeah. Huh? Well, there's something called imposter syndrome. It's a recent survey from a firm called Money Penny. And they showed that about a third of Americans suffer from imposter syndrome. And it's actually been recognized by the National Institute of Health. Really? Yeah. It's a syndrome where people fear they'll be exposed as a fraud or an imposter in their jobs or in their life. Oh, I missed it. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I jumped all over you. All right. So what was the last part you said? Uh, being Being exposed as a fraud or an imposter in your job or your life. Huh. A third of all people. Well, you two are a couple of phonies, right? My whole life has been a lie. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're a student, right, right Dave? Well, I, you know, I'm not sure. But you, you, you were talking before about Scott Cohen and the difference between a phony and a, and a fraud. There's, there's a difference, isn't there? Well, the thing about Cohen, which is uh, interesting, is he is the first one to identify who is, in fact, a phony. And as I have pointed out on a couple of occasions, uh, this is a man that built his career trying to pretend like he was excited to do high school lacrosse scores while he was dyeing his hair. <laughs> Ultimately, the biggest phony in the room is always going to be a guy like Scott Cohen. Well, plus, didn't he uh, didn't he host uh, candlepin bowling or duckpin bowling he, or something like that? He hosted bowling. He uh, he did uh, you know high school uh, you know football scores. I mean the guy the guy did a lot of things that uh, you know deep in his heart he had real no attachment to at all. And now he's the voice of Sports Authority here on this radio show on a weekly basis. How about that? What huh? does that tell you? That tells you we don't really care about hiring phonies around that, here. Ain't that the truth? Well, according to this study, so a third of all Americans think they're frauds somehow. Yeah, and have a fear of being exposed by friends or family members, or in our case, I maybe maybe the listeners will catch on to the fact that we're a bunch of frauds. Uh, the state of the union with the highest level of imposter syndrome is Florida, that which, which isn't really that a surprise, about right. I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not really that's not like the the least surprising part yeah. of that story. Now you're talking about like uh, people who live in Florida all year long, mm-hmm. or just certain months of the year. Yeah, yeah that- it doesn't uh, drill down to get to that particular step, but it did survey people of different ages, and apparently those between 18 and 24 suffered the most from imposter syndrome. Do you ever go to your uh, high school reunion? Like the uh, your first couple, yeah, like I'm five sp- and ten. I'm supposed to do that uh, in the next week and a half, actually. All right, okay, so not going to do it. By the but way, but you but you remember those yep. early high school reunions, right? Mm-hmm. Where everybody is lying about how great they're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I remember like in the fifth reunion, there was nothing going on in my life. Right. I, I think I was make if I was making. $15,000 a year, I think I was lucky. It was just an excuse to get together at a bar somewhere and have drinks. Yes. That's all it was. Yes, but you didn't want to go there yeah. and say, yeah, I got nothing going on in my life. I got no prospects. I got no real reason for even getting up in the morning, but I'm sure glad to be drinking with the likes of you people. Well, maybe you hire a good-looking woman to pose as your date for that early reunion. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't, you didn't do that? I didn't do yeah. that, no. You, you could, though. And that would feed into the imposter syndrome, I yeah, guess. Yeah, no, that would be that would have been a, a great option. Yeah. I just didn't uh, it just didn't appear to be. 
available. Probably couldn't afford hiring a woman like <laughs> not, that. Not with the money I was making. Exactly. But yeah, you know, but you know, as you get older, you, you, I think you care less and less about what people think of right. you. But when you're younger, mm-hmm. I mean, you're trying to impress everybody. I uh, I didn't go uh, to my ten year reunion. You didn't. I I, I don't. Re- I didn't really know a lot of people. I moved here my senior year of high school to oh, Minnetonka, right. and I'm like, I don't really. I I don't know really anybody there. Mm-hmm. Just a few people. So why would I waste my time going to a place where nobody even knew who I was anyway? Yeah, yeah, good point. I'm in mean, my sixth decade. I've been to exactly zero reunions for high school or college. Zero. None of them? Zero. Really? Because I already see the friends that I want to see on a regular basis. I don't need to go to reunion to see other people I don't care about. The people that I care about are in my don't life, you, and I see them on a regular basis. Don't you want to show everybody uh, how you proved everybody wrong, and now you're this big, successful radio star? Am I? Am I, Steve? <laughs> You really? are. <laughs> yeah, but compared to your sloppy nuts hornblower from Enfield, Connecticut. You're right. I should have that printed yeah. up on a business That's card. Right. <laughs> Who do you think pa- I am? Pass them around. Yeah. <laughs> you can have a T-shirt. Yes. I'm a sloppy nuts hornblower, yep. but you may recall me as Dave Coombs. Yes. Yes. Uh, See, and, and and I don't care about your jobs on Wall Street or as mm-hmm. doctors or lawyers, which is what. All of my classmates are doing right now, by I've the way. Been, my mom reminds me on a daily basis. I've been to every... Let me think about this. I think I've been to every reunion in which a reunion had been scheduled wow. or planned. Good I think for you. Because I think we missed our 20th, and I think we missed uh, our 30th. But every other yeah. one I've been to, and I've been to one college reunion, and I had a blast. because that you? Be, yeah, because I mean, you know, you know, like the, the I went to school a thousand miles away. There were loads of people I hadn't seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, friendly, still friendly with them, like on Facebook and stuff. But we don't get together that much, right? Just because of the uh, the, ge- the the geography involved. Yeah, so, I, I have no interest in doing that. Yeah, me neither. See, I, I if if uh, when my college reunion happens again, I'm going back. Hell yes. Right. Had a great time. If it was free, I'd go. Oh, hell no. It wasn't free. I mean, it was free to go to all the events and stuff. Yeah. But I had to pay for a hotel and the Ubers and the booze and the food. Mm-hmm. did all those things. Yeah. See, yeah, it's, it's an expensive weekend. Actually, I take that back. Most I, Every uh, every dinner I had while I was there, somebody else uh, took, the, took the check. There you go. I got lucky that way. Well, so, that's why you're going to go after the rich classmates. That's yeah. right. I hang out with the rich kids. So we have no fear of being imposters here because we know that we're low lives. I oh, guess. I think, oh, yeah, I think we splay our yeah. lives out no matter what. Right. I mean, we're 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 wildly ex- we're probably overexposed. <laughs> that's true. I think. Yeah. We I mean, are still a bunch of frauds, though. No, no, no. no. I'm not saying we're not. Yeah. I'm just saying that uh, you know we you know, we're we're out there, baby. We are out there, way out there. And we are loving every minute of it. Every single second of it. It's 620 with back Steve and Dave and Rock 102. Munson Savings Bank is here to help make your dream home possible. Does your dream home have a big back? Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 625 and Tom Petty and Rock 102. Rain coming in tomorrow and Thursday probably. Today, it's pretty good. Highs of about 80 or so. Lots of sun and clouds. Uh, Today I Learned is brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. Now it's time for Today I Learned. Wow. Jeez. Very sober intro there. Bringing it down a notch, huh? Oh, we got to talk about something serious. You ready? Mm. Today I Learned that honeymoon rhinitis is a condition that causes stuffy noses during sexual arousal due due to the erectile tissue in the nose Mm. 
being engorged during arousal and should not be confused with sexually induced sneezing, which huh. is an uncontrollable bouts of sneezing caused by sexual arousal. I think I've had all that, by the way. All right, Pinocchio, tell me how you had that happen. happen. Uh, just based on what the science that Steve has just put forth there. I've, I've experienced uh, stuffy nose, you know, after some activity, some physical activity. You know, sex is just like anything else, uh, you know, when it comes to physical activity. Uh, what is it? Weasel sneeze, I think it's called. <laughs> is is that one of those That's, rusty tr- rusty trombone things? Or? Oh, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. A little weasel sneeze. No, I never heard of that one before. <laughs> uh, they're it's it's like the uh, they're they're comparing it to the congestion one might get if they take it like a Viagra because mm. your your blood pressure lowers and you get all that stuffing. I didn't know you had erectile tissue in your nose, though. <laughs> That's why if you rub your nose, it gets bigger, right? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. That's what I'm talking Ain't about. Yeah. 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 Plus, you could use your nose as a backup. Ooh, I see what he's doing see? there. Yeah, see? Uh, right. I like where yeah. you're going with that. Saying, there, I don't know where don't you're know. poking your nose, yeah. but I'll tell you what. Mm. A- I think between the three of us. Yeah. This guy I'm over thinking here. this guy over here. That's, yeah, that's it. right. Uh, and that is Today I Learned with back Stephen David. Guns in local schools and a new gun law in New York State. Straight ahead in the news on Rock 102. Yankee Home is having its biggest sale of the year. Right now, you can save up to $2,500 in... We're back, Stephen, Dave, and Rock 102. It's time for news, and it's brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. It's time for news. Here's Sloppy Nuts Hornblower. Thank you. And uh, we'll begin with the Soldier's Home in Holyoke. An update on that situation has been ongoing for quite some time. A class action lawsuit over the deadly COVID-19 outbreak there, inching toward a settlement after a conference between lawyers and a federal judge. Defendants, including home administrators and state officials, reaching a $56 million deal with 168 victims of the outbreak. Apparently, survivors of the veterans who died from the virus and those who were sickened but survived past a certain date that year. Details of the settlement must be approved by a U.S. district judge who conferred with attorneys by phone yesterday morning. Attorneys are aiming to finalize the settlement by mid-November. Okay. We'll have to see what happens with that. Meantime, founders and chaplain of a 28-year-old New Spirit Religious Camp sanctioned by the Roman Catholic Diocese of Springfield. A year-long investigation into alleged misconduct there. No evidence of sexual misbehavior or, quote, grooming, but they did find that Barry Kingston, a Longmeadow musician, committed, quote, multiple boundary violations with multiple teens, dating as far back as 2007. He and the co-founder of this camp, Springfield real estate agent Patrick Sears, who, by the way, is represented by Jared Olinoff, the same lawyer who is representing Lynn Clark. He was accused of ignoring a complaint by a girl since 2018. He declined to participate in the investigation on the advice of his attorney, and he'll be suspended from the ministry until he does comply. Kingston, the musician, rose to prominence as a member of the rock bands The Breakdown and The Screaming Souls. And got a lot of national exposure as the result of winning MTV's Basement Tapes competition years ago. The most recent records for this particular charity show that Kingston and Sears paid themselves annual salaries of more than $76,000 to operate the ministry. We'll be following this one. 22 News reporting about a BB gun 
in school in West Springfield, prompting the school to issue a shelter-in-place notification. Residents in Western Mass telling 22 News that they are disturbed, of course, by this behavior in light of recent developments in Uvalde and elsewhere. While no one was harmed or threatened, residents say they are worried about the negative toll this could take on a child's mental health. Just the idea of hearing that there's a gun in school, even if it is a BB gun. Well, I I think at this point, uh, since you've had uh, a lot of other spree shootings since uh, last week, mm-hmm. um, I think we're all nervous about it. Sure. I, don't, I don't think you have to be a child to be concerned. In New York State, Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul yesterday signed legislation raising the age to buy a semi-automatic rifle. The age now goes to 21 in New York State. If it goes through, that was one of several public safety bills passed by state lawmakers in New York. One tightening New York's, quote, red flag law that allows courts to temporarily take away guns from people who might be a threat to themselves or others. And another restricting the sales of bullet resistant vests and armor to people in certain professions. So New York taking some steps on that. Be curious to see if we follow suit. It's got to be a national effort. The, the, right. the problem is when you have, like, you know, uh, laws like that, you can still go get it from another state. It's not like you, you can't purchase this stuff. But it but it won't be because state, state rights still mean something. And there's different cultures in different states when it comes to guns. Yeah. And I think that the moment you have a law that covers everything federally, I think you're going to have a lot of resistance to that. I mean, yes, I think it makes sense right. in some in some regards. Not not everybody needs to have every kind of gun, but I think you're having a, you would have a real uphill battle if you were going to tell someone in Texas uh, that uh, you should follow the laws of New York and Massachusetts right. when it comes to guns. Yeah, having a national law probably ain't going to happen. And from new gun laws in New York and BB guns in West Springfield, we've got larceny in West Springfield to deal with. According to West Springfield police, they're looking for help from the public in identifying two women responsible for the larceny of credit cards and the use of those credit cards. The larceny happened at Panera Bread in the Riverdale shops at around 1.15 in the afternoon earlier this week. What'd they steal, like a whole thing of bagels? It says that just the larceny of the credit cards and the use of those credit cards. So I assume they're trying to somehow uh, take advantage of people in line. You know, how they tell you, like, when you're at the gas pump to make sure you protect your code when you punch it in. Um, you there, know. there is a picture of these women, by the way, and a screen grab, and you can help out if you recognize these women. I'm just really surprised that the West Springfield police let everybody know what where the larceny took place. Usually it's like uh, Blue's Clues. You know, yeah, you got to figure it out. Figure it out where it happened. Yeah. Ooh, an orange or a green sign. Yeah. A uh, a yeah. place to eat in West Springfield. That's Ooh. all. That's all they would normally give a, you. A piece of ciabatta roll. Mm. Well, <laughs> if you think you know who these women are, you can catch them on the screen, grab, and maybe report them. Who knows? I don't hang out with those kind of women. I wouldn't even know who they were. Uh, speaking of food, no more Polish food in Chicopee, at least at the Collegian Court. The venerable downtown restaurant shut down, revived nearly a decade ago, now being sold to a philanthropic organization. The Collegian Court's last day of operation as a restaurant will be June 17th. Yeah, it's being uh, sold to the Shriners. Mm-hmm. Ah. And, uh, I mean, there are other places that grab uh, Polish food in Chibi. I mean, it's, not, it's hardly the only <laughs> yeah. place. But... Uh, 
yeah, I, I read the article. You know, Billy Stetson, who we've known forever. Yeah. Uh, you know, he wasn't planning on selling it, but uh, the Shriners made a great offer, and he, like everybody else, would be the first to tell you how hard it has been to staff restaurants and bars. Yeah. I mean, he he does the the same guy that owns the Rumble Seat, and staffing is their biggest issue. Their biggest, especially a place like Collegian Court, where they you know they have like a you know an event room and you know the the front you know dining room and it's like it it's it's hard to staff any of those events right now well many of the employees who will be out of work at the collegian court will go over to the rumble seat according to this article so he won't have a problem with staffing that i want to i want to taste a nice galumpke from a shriner that's uh that's what i want wouldn't it be cool if the waitresses or the waiters and waitresses were like deliver the food in like a motorized bathtub to oh yeah that would be that, yeah that would be the awesome. little cars those the little, little cars driving a little car around the, the, uh, the bar you get the soup of the day delivered yeah. in a fez how awesome would that be i mm. just uh i never uh heard of the fine cuisine of the shriners before. so that's a wonderful organization it's a wonderful do anything I'm, they put their I, mind to but that's the what i'm talking about they're, they're an organization right that does a lot of other good things Food hasn't been one of them. That's what I'm just trying to figure out. And if you're going to serve food in an upside-down fez, you got to get rid of the tassel. That's just going to cause problems. It's going to whip up into the food. So serve it in the plastic fez, maybe, but get rid of the tassel. Just thinking here. No, I, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's wrong. But it, uh, I think uh, like nachos in a fez would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Can't disagree with that. Hey, you could have your hand out for a five hundred dollar check. Starting today, certain residents within Massachusetts set to receive a round of stimulus checks from the state. Those $500 checks are part of the Commonwealth's COVID-19 Essential Employee Premium Pay Program. So if you work during COVID-19 when you didn't necessarily have to, you'll get the $500 check for the second time this year. About 300,000 residents of the Bay State are eligible and according to the Baker administration, in order to qualify, you must be a mass resident who worked and filed a 2021 tax return. The funds given in March were based off of a 2020 tax return. By the way, if you're a single filer, you had to earn less than $39,000. That number goes up to seventy nine five for a household of four. Huh. So anyone who falls within those parameters... Hey, make sure you get your five hundred dollars stimulus check. Absolutely, and Nantucket. I'll be able to fill my gas tank mm-hmm. for well, half a tank. Yeah, half a tank. Yeah, yesterday I filled mine for eighty-eight bucks. By the way, yeah, <laughs> man. Hey, but were you down to like fumes at that point? Yes, I was. I think really? I had maybe thirteen miles left on my little counter there. Good I'm, lord! But you didn't run out. No, I haven't run out in a few years. Actually, I ran out last time. I ran out was on the New York State Thruway. I have never run out of gas. Never. No. Wow. That's a way prop- way too paranoid to run out of gas. If I'm down to a quarter of a tank, I'm filling it. I don't care how. I don't care how much the environment I destroy as a result of that need. But I will do it. For me, it's a, a fight between paranoia and oblivion. And oblivion usually wins. I'm paying attention to other stuff while I'm driving, and whatever paranoia I might have about running out of gas is replaced by total oblivion, oh. and that's when I run out of gas. In other words, you're a menace behind the wheel. Yes. Uh, no. Good no, to know. I don't think so. Wait a minute. I can't say that live on the air. It feels so safe knowing that there are people like you out there driving on the highway. Mm-hmm. Nantucket's a step closer to allowing anyone to go topless, by the way. The gender equality on beaches bylaw. Passed at Tuesday night's annual town meeting, 
according to published reports. It's not a done deal yet. It still requires approval from the state attorney general's office. The bylaw was proposed by Nantucket resident Dorothy Stover, and it reads in part, quote, in order to promote equality for all persons any person shall be allowed to go topless on any public or private beach in town in nantucket you know really what is our hang-up they're just boobs they're right? just breasts yeah. we've all got them steve you got breasts right we do got breasts dave you got breasts right last time i checked you got a you got a big meaty set of breasts over there don't you i don't i yeah thanks for noticing they sure yeah. well my point is listen we're <laughs> all human beings and yes i mean you can say well you don't want that exposed to the kids well you know the kids have already been exposed to breasts many of them are fed by them and so what are we so uptight about i say don't limit it just to the beaches of Nantucket. Ladies, if you want to go whipping them out, go ahead and do it wherever you Listen. damn well feel like it. You'll get no complaint from me. It's just like that nudist camp thing I did uh, a few years ago. Yes. It's people you don't want to see naked. Like, it's 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 like those are the people that are, that are exposing themselves. Yes. The people that you don't really want to see naked anyway. So yeah, what's are, the big deal? But I think for me... And this is just a, you know, my big hang-up, is I don't want to see anybody bottomless. Yeah. Keep your bottoms on, but if you gotta, if you got to let those things free, you know, for the sake of equality, and doggone it, sister, you have, you have earned that right. Yeah. Well, we I are bet. kind of a prudish culture here in the United States compared to Europe. I mean, maybe it is time to, like, yes. open up and be comfortable with your physicality. And by the way, maybe it would promote, Better health among people who are a little too overweight to begin with, right? Maybe you'd suddenly, if you had to go naked, maybe you should make mm -hmm. it just requirement that you got to be naked at public beaches, and then people would be shamed into losing more weight. You know what I would do? What? This is what I would do. If I were on uh, at Nantucket, mm -hmm. on the beaches, and uh, this was going to pass, I would want to walk the beaches with like a, like a sunblock cart. It was like uh, like a big cart, you know, like the old cigarette carts you'd okay. see in the, uh, you know, in the uh, the old theaters. supper clubs, yes. you know. Yeah, sure. And uh, what I would do is I would go to, uh, you know, one sunbather after another mm -hmm. and said, "May I interest you in uh, in in uh, in some uh, lubes of some kind, some some sunblock? I'd be more than happy to apply it for you for an extra charge for a minimal charge, yeah, right? You get um, offer charcuterie too." Like Under a, the hot a, sun, that'd be kind of hard to keep that's fresh. That's all right. You put it in one of those uh, Ziploc uh, cool bags. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we have we have prosciutto and uh, mortadella and this Hawaiian tropic sunblock. It's a 50. And I would be happy to apply it while you enjoy this platter of exotic meats and cheeses. You know, there once was a man from Nantucket. Really? Is this the guy that put his foot in a bucket? I believe. Now it's a... Uh, there once was a they-them from Nantucket. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, there might be a money-making opportunity here, too, for the state. I mean, if you allowed nude beaches, then couldn't you charge more for people to go to those beaches? Well, state beaches, you could go for free. You got to just got to park your car. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they may jack up the price of parking. But for the most part, I mean, you know, you're not buying a ticket to, to get yourself a good, you know, good case of skin cancer. Right. Well, you know, perhaps all, that's what we need more of in the state of Massachusetts is landmarks that could be used for sightseeing. Apparently, over the weekend in Minneapolis, a large crowd turning out to see a giant pencil being sharpened. That's the latest attraction at Lake of the Isles in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Well, if you got nothing else going on at Lake of the Isles, 
on any other given weekend. Let's go watch a pencil being sharp. A homeowner there commissioned an what? artist to turn his damaged burr oak tree into a 20-foot-tall number two pencil. Cruz showed up to sharpen the tip of the giant pencil with a chainsaw as hundreds of people cheered. Dave, you're a guy who drove his bike from Enfield to Forest Park to look at a pole. I would imagine <laughs> that if you live closer to this giant pencil, yeah. you would have been there already. Yeah, right? there's an audience for everything, man. Yeah, I'm not making a road trip to Minneapolis, but you're probably right. Yeah, if but here if it, or not, that was my point. <laughs> is we need more attractions like that nearby. If, if there were a giant <laughs> pencil within 10 well, miles, mm-hmm. you would have ridden your bike there. Well, let's, mm-hmm. go, let's see. You got the, the floating island, Dave. You should go see that one. That's the one that crashed into somebody's backyard every few years. I have heard about that one. And where's uh, that located again? That's on uh, off of Island Pond Road. Okay. It's, the, it's the, 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 the island, and then they have to have the towing company come out and tow the thing away from the <laughs> somebody's backyard. That every- sounds fun. When does that happen usually? It's I don't know when, when it happens. happens. I mean, okay. it's, just, it's just like on occasion. Because I want to be there when it happens. You know, I don't want to see the aftermath. I don't want to see it's, the towing. It's not like it's like crash. Like it's running aground like a ship, like a Liberian tanker. Uh, it is. <laughs> it bumps like a set of bumper cars. Yeah, it just slowly goes, and then eventually it stops, and then they have to take it and they, they pull it out again. But uh, and then the, you know the big man. You saw the big man. We had him down at the Mayflower Marathon. Yes, right. Yes. They're yep. all little different little things around this area. Well, right? you pass by the big man every day yeah. if you're tr- driving up and down 91. There's a big giant chair sitting out in front of the furniture place in Russell. Mm-hmm. There's a... It's true. One of the... You know what? You can... Get your picture taken in it if you wanted to. There's the expired parking meter grave site that I talked about near North Adams in Florida, Massachusetts. Yeah, there you go. What, a, what about the uh, the cow outside Malicious? Yeah, there's a cow outside Malicious, yeah. too. You Real know, live a, cow. There's a big beaver at the beaver storage in Beckett. Get out of here. Yeah. Big giant beaver? Big giant beaver. I've never seen one that big. It's huge. <laughs> really? Yeah. Nice Par- beaver. You haven't been to Beckett lately. <laughs> can you see it from across the street? Oh, you can see it all the way from my house. That's a big yeah, beaver. It's a huge beaver. 646 with back Steve and Dave on Rock 102. We've got a mass hat coming up. Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 6.53. And the Rolling Stones are back, Steve and Dave, and Rock 102. About 80 uh, today with sun and clouds. Got that going for us. Uh, coming up next hour, Alicia Dennis. Alicia, Alicia Dennis. She That's is her. a uh, senior editor at uh, People Magazine Investigates. It's on uh, Investigation Discovery. It's it's available to stream. Their latest season is now available to stream. You can check that out. We'll be talking to her next hour about the show. And this upcoming season. All right, right now, some stupidity. Time for Rock 102 to recognize another mass hat. Going below and beyond other humans in the pursuit of stupidity, incompetence, and embarrassment. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Here's today's mass hat. You know, prisons should be some sort of rehab in a way, but sometimes criminals don't learn their lesson. Like 59-year-old... Tim Jones in Florida, released from prison last Wednesday after serving eight years for a bank robbery. Then the very next day, he robbed another bank in Florida, walked in, said he had a gun, demanded $150,000 in cash, then carjacked a Toyota Camry and fled the area. Unclear how much cash he got away with, but he was quickly apprehended. Well, you know, some dudes don't uh, don't see themselves really thriving outside the uh, the walls of incarceration. 
I mean, I, I, it's like I find myself uh, finding it difficult to imagine what it would be like to survive in incarceration. So mm-hmm. that's why I stay out for a guy like him. He's getting three hots on a cot. Every day is a, a new day for him, although there are similarities to every single day. And even though it's a dangerous place to be, he's probably comfortable in that environment. Can yeah. he be blamed? Think about how much rent is right now. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Prison's the place to be. If I came out of prison and I saw the cost of gasoline, I'd want to go right back. Oh, I'd murder somebody and go right back in. You're damn right I would. Well, but then why would you try and be successful at what you did? Why wouldn't you just give up, like do something, like start a crime or a robbery and then just give up at that point instead of trying to run away? I mean, if your goal is to get back in anyway. Dave, don't you know anything about crime? Yeah. If you commit a crime <laughs> and you run away, mm-hmm. they also charge you with running away. That way you spend more time yeah. back in the tank. But that's what you want. According to your theory there a moment ago, you want to be back in the tank where you get all your f- free yes. meals and you're caught and for, if, for an unlimited amount of I time. I mean, you, you run away, mm-hmm. but you... You don't run away so well yeah. as to not get caught. You got to tack on the charges, man. Yeah. Well, I actually mistakenly said he was caught. He is still at large in the Orlando area. Last well, seen wearing a blue short sleeve polo shirt, blue cargo shorts, and white socks. So I think this guy's pretty bright. I think this guy is realizing that the, 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 the more resources that are thrown his way to get him apprehended the longer he's going to spend time in the comforts of the penal system. Mm. <laughs> right, it's a system. Penal. Yeah, right. And how did he get the blue slurt, uh, short sleeve polo shirt, the blue cargo shorts, and the white socks? Did He He must have stolen those after he got out of the joint, right? I would say Walmart. Yeah. Or Coles. Mm-hmm. Oh, Coles. That's probably the place to go. Well, there yeah. is a surveillance Im- image of the guy. If you want to check it out, maybe you can figure out where he purchased the stuff or, excuse me, stole that stuff from that he Well, don't they? What, the, what state is this from? Florida. Oh, I of believe, course. I believe if you get out of a Florida prison, they hand you Coles cash. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Here. Really? Yeah, right. Wow. You're going to need this for a new pair of pants. You can't wear the prison pants. Yeah, we need that orange shirt back. Part of the Inside Out program there. That's it. Calls in Florida. Okay, I buy it. 657, we've got that uh, People Investigate senior editor Alicia Dennis next hour and the 102-second sports straight ahead on Rock 102. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, if I were worth $60 billion, there would be a few things that I would like to do. First, I might need a new set of tires. Secondly, I might need to top off my gas tank. But after that, I'd probably be at a loss to what to do with my remaining billions. But if I were the heir to the Walmart family fortune, there really only would be one thing left to do with my life, and that would be to buy the Denver Broncos. Why? Well, the answer should be, why not? According to reports this morning, Rob Walton, the heir to, the, to Walmart, has allegedly won a bid to purchase the Denver Broncos for a reported $4.5 billion. Now, I should point out that the official bid has not been released publicly. In fact, the final purchase price might not be announced for another month. But according to Forbes magazine, Walton's bid was an estimated $4.5 billion. And if that's the case, that would obliterate the current record for the most expensive purchase of an American sports franchise ever, crushing the current record set in 2019 by the sale uh, of the Brooklyn Nets for $2.3 billion. My question is this. If the owner of Walmart buys the Denver Broncos, then how will Rob Walden integrate these notorious cult, uh, corporate cultures? Will there be a Denver Broncos greeter at the front gate? 
Will the Denver Broncos become notorious for low wages and inadequate working conditions? Will they be every bit as resistant to organized labor? Will the Denver Broncos suddenly become responsible for the destruction of the Monpa-owned football teams around the NFL, just like they did to every other independently-owned American retailer? I'd also like to know what sort of people are suddenly going to start showing up in the parking lot for tailgating. Because if the people of the Denver Broncos suddenly become something like the people of Walmart, that might just be the most genetically compromised human stew on the internet. Listen, I'm not complaining. I don't really care what the Denver Broncos do with themselves. But if ticket prices and concession items suddenly start showing deep discount with door-busting savings, you might want to grab your cell phone and start taking pictures because things are going to get crazy. But hey, an MMI Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Toro makes a good lawnmower. So does Craftsman. But then there's Ego, the battery-powered mower. Steel makes chainsaws that run on gas or battery. Rocky's is your outdoor power headquarters with mowers, blowers, trimmers, and chainsaws. You'll find them all at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. 11. And Joan Jett with back Stephen Dave on Rock 102. Give me a nice day again today. Sunny and a high of 79. Tomorrow, not so nice. Rain showers and a high of 81 at 63 in downtown Springfield. Welcome, People Investigate Senior Editor Alicia Dennis. Hey, Alicia. It's back Stephen Dave. How are you? Hey, good. How are you? Good. All right. People Magazine investigates into its sixth season, it says, of bone-chilling content. They never, it's true. They never tell you which bone is going to get chilled first. That's, you know, if it's like an elbow or a radius, I, they never tell you. Yeah, by the time it's over, they're all going to be chilled. Mm-hmm. All of them. <laughs> so the, uh, the deal here is you got, there are like back-to-back episodes coming out this week, and then the whole series gets uh, put out uh, for on uh, Investigator Discovery. What, uh, what stories are you, are you looking to do for this season? We've got a real mixture of mysteries. Um, as well as, you know, crimes that have been solved. We have um, some serial killer investigations that we've looked into. Uh, I think that you're going to really feel in this season that you're on the ground with some of our reporters. We have filmed in such a way that you can see some of the investigative work that they're doing. We're not just going to talk about it, although when we talk about it, it's fascinating, you you know. Um, I think that this season is particularly satisfying because there are there's such a wide range of different kind of cases you're going to look at. We've, uh, my wife and I watch, you know, watch these kinds of investigation shows all the time. And one of the things that uh, we find is when there's nothing else to watch, you can always watch an investigation show and you just get sucked right into these kinds of things. As someone who has investigated crime, uh, you know, for, for many years now, what motivates you to keep digging deeper into different stories? I mean, because there are obviously every story is different, but what motivates you to keep doing this and, and in this particular genre? I think that it's a combination of things. I think that one one thing that we do we focus on a lot is is families and their stories and victims' families. And when you have a situation where a murder has taken place, it is so shattering. Um, that it's really important, I think, in some cases, people want to talk about this. They want to talk about it, and they want to share their stories. And there's a real responsibility in that and making sure that their stories are being told and they're 
they're not forgotten. Um, and at the same time, there's also that part where when it's being investigated and when you're talking to law enforcement or looking at the different clues involved or things that somebody else might not have thought of, there's <laughs> there's this real intention in it. And you you think, oh, if I just spend a little bit more time here, maybe I'm going to think of the thing that no one else has thought of before. So it, it's kind of a combination of those things, I think. Well, as a senior editor of Crime for People magazine, did you make a big transition at some point from print to video? Well, you know, that's funny. M- magazines have changed through the years, as you know, it's one of the mediums that um, has expanded in such a way that, you know, we were a magazine only. And and then we became people.com. And so we're a 24-7 news organization who puts out a weekly magazine. We're also putting up um, stories all the time on online. And so this was a real smart, I think, and just seamless way to, uh, for us to continue to tell stories. Um, on People Magazine Investigates, and it's been interesting to watch during every season for six seasons. We have so many more stories to tell. Um, I think we we just have uh, so many cases that could continue in additional seasons, um, and it's it's another it's another way for us to be able to share these cases, and and I think. I think it's a really compelling way to do it. Uh, for for all the episodes that you've been a part of, what what has been the one that has stood out the most to you? The one that may have been uh, you know frustrating that you couldn't find answers to, or, or or something like that. What is the one that so far has that has been uh, a standout for you? Oh, that's such a good question and so hard um, because there's so many cases. I know that. There was one in one of our seasons um, about the Golden State Killer. I don't know if you remember this case. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this was, mm-hmm, this was so frightening, you know, this, this awful um, attacker who would break into people's houses really at random, tie one person up, put plates on them so that if they moved, he'd be able to hear them and then attack the family in another room. And it was just so frightening. I couldn't stop thinking about it. It was just, you know, in all the different families, we would talk to the people who did survive it, you know, the kinds of nightmares that they continued to have, all the way through them finally finding out who this was. Like, he'd been in law enforcement before. I mean, the entire thing made it so that um, I couldn't really stop thinking about it, which I I didn't love. It took almost 30 years for them to finally find this guy even though he was literally right under their nose the entire time. That's completely true. And you know what? You know this. um, As somebody who follows these things and watches these things, now that there's so much advancement in DNA testing and all the testing that's going on where people are having their family trees um, tracked and figured out through DNA, um, there's a lot less places for evil and murderers to hide and killers to go. I always found that really interesting that these things that became, you know, this, uh, oh, yeah, you dive into your genealogy and you you see these all pop up all across the country about how these people are getting caught because 
someone, somebody in their family did a 23andMe thing, and they're like, you turned me in for murder. That's what you did. Well, maybe if you hadn't committed the murder, I, I wouldn't have to. I guess so. Uh, this is Alicia Dennis from uh, from uh, People Magazine Investigates. You, know, one of the, you, you mentioned something about how people want to tell their stories, and I know one of the things that is true when active investigations are going on is that people are told uh, almost nothing by investigators and they, and they want to tell their stories and and for all the people to say well why would they want to you know you know re-earth all this pain and suffering but you know I mean, we know people who have been you know implicated in certain crimes that couldn't defend themselves even though they were innocent and the the actual killer or the perpetrator or whatever it was was found but because investigations are what they are a lot of times there's a lot of information that never gets put out until the crime is solved. So to me, it's it, it makes a lot of sense why somebody really wants to get this stuff off because it's it's got to be, you know, like purging almost for, for a lot of these these victims families. I mean, you must a, I'm sure you find that. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, you know, they're walking around their lives mm. and their whole lives have changed forever. And a lot of times people don't know how to talk to them about it or think that they don't want to talk about it. And they're carrying around this burden and this pain a lot of times that it's incredibly, you know, like I said before, healing in some cases that they want to talk about it and they want these stories to be known. They want people to remember these things and to know that they're important. And so a lot of times, you know, that's what people are doing. They just really want to talk to us about it. People Magazine Investigates uh, is uh, available to stream on Investigation Discovery. Alicia Dennis, we appreciate the time today. Best of luck with the uh, the series this season. Thank you so much, and thanks so much for having me. This has been so interesting. I really appreciate it. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. It's uh, Alicia Dennis with Back Steve and Dave on Rock 102. GG Inks, screen printing and embroidery. They print their shirt on your back. Heck, they make the Rock 102. Rock 102 with back Stephen Dave and Queen. I guess they've got a new song coming out in September featuring the vocals of the late Freddie Mercury. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I don't know. No, no other information on this. Just seeing a note on that. So I guess we've got to wait till September. Uh, right. Later this week, we're going to be talking to, uh, we're going to have a couple guys from the, uh, the size. They're going to be celebrating their 30th anniversary of their debut record at Race Street Live this weekend. And they'll be here Thursday to uh to play live great. right here not too bad sounds like a damn good time very cool band and a great uh backstory with those guys we'll be talking to them on thursday morning so great live local music um you got the new song from queen coming out in september i don't know if you guys heard about this but demi lovato has a new album out and it's called holy f but it's not the f it's the whole word mm-hmm. fiddle six that yeah that's the name of her album hmm and by the way, the offending word is the four-letter word, but spelled with a V instead of a U in the middle. But it's called Holy F. And here's a cut off the first single, Skin of My Teeth. Check it out. Ask 
There you go. God damn it. Just want to be free. 729 to Rock 102. Playing all the hits from <laughs> Debbie Lovato here. It's uh, 31 minutes before 8 o'clock. And it's 729. We got news coming up next with Dave Goobs on Rock 102. Munson Safe. We're back, Steve and Dave on Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Yankee Home. Mention Rock 102 and save $2,500 off the cost of labor during Yankee Home's Thank, uh, Thank You America sale going on now through July 4th. Call Yankee Home and mention Rock 102. All month long, it's time for news. And here's Dave Coombs. Well, with all the bad news about inflation and rising gas prices, at least if you're a certain type of worker in the state of Massachusetts, you get a $500 check starting today. Certain residents of the Bay State. So well, that'll top off your tank. Well, see, there you go. You're set to receive a round of stimulus checks from the state if you qualify. A single filer for the tax return from last year had to earn less than $39,000 to qualify for the $500 check. That number goes up to a salary of $79,500 for a household of four. So if you fall into those qualifications or if you want to check your qualifications to see if you qualify for a $500 check, you can go do it on various websites. The checks, by the way, part of the Commonwealth's COVID-19 Essential Employee Premium Pay Program. And that'll be the second round of $500 checks this year. About 300,000 residents of the Bay State are eligible to receive. So, uh, riddle me this. Mm-hmm. You get a $500 check in the mail, and everything that you could possibly get with that $500 is being affected by the cost of inflation. Right. I see where so, you're going here. Do you use that money to pour into the economy to stimulate whatever, whether it's your own spending or the local economy or whatever, or do you put that money in the bank and sit on it because everything is rising? Well, there's a third option. You could not spend the money locally, but you could splurge it on something from Amazon or going outside the state of Massachusetts to enjoy half a vacation. Right. So that basically helps the economy established (laughs) by Jeff Bezos and nobody else. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you're right. A West Springfield man has been charged with motor vehicle homicide while operating under the influence after plowing into a car over the weekend, killing the driver and injuring two passengers who are recovering, by the way. The driver, Victor Santiago, the 40-year-old out of Springfield, rushed to Holyoke Medical Center where he died of his injuries following the 7.30 p.m. crash. Jed Flores was arrested at the scene of the crash, which took place on Route 5 near the intersection of Belvedere Avenue. He's in custody, of course, 25 years old. Operation Snowfall, a success, a multi-year investigation into drug trafficking activities, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. A Holbrook man sentenced to 41 months in prison after officials said he took a, quote, cooking class where he learned to, quote, convert cocaine into crack. 41-year-old Andre Echavarria pleading guilty to conspiracy to distribute and to possess with intent to distribute cocaine. Now, these are not uh, specific culinary classes. So, like You're, you're not going to find this on a menu at a restaurant I, I don't think so, but I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, Operation Snowfall discovered this illegal activity. Maybe they're discovering others at restaurants. Who knows? Um, this guy was sentenced by U.S. District Court Judge Richard Stearns to 41 months in prison, and three years of supervised release. Yeah, I don't think this has anything to do with restaurants. I think it has everything to do with uh, you know, converting one thing to another and selling it. 
cooking class is how it's being billed. Hey, a recent Central High School grad doing well on So You Think You Can Dance. We've talked about this young lady before. Zaisha Knighton was just 10 years old when her father was shot and killed. To prevent another child from going through what she did, the Springfield resident became an EMT. But she's got that other dream ongoing, dancing. She got three yeses during her audition round on So You Think You Can Dance, and has since made it to the, quote, choreography round of the competition, which airs tomorrow night. That's awesome. All right. So good luck to Zaisha Knighton. And we can check out the videos of her dancing, by the way, if you like. She's 22 years old. Currently working as an EMT. She's been a member of their armed services as well. So an uplifting story there. I'm so glad that no one's asking us to do these kinds of things. Uh, so you think you can dance? Yeah, like the local dance competition. I'm just, I mean, for a while that was a kind of a thing where you know we, we would get asked every couple of weeks and I turned well, every single one of them I, down. You mean I, to dance or judge? To dance. I used to host that Lions Club one over in Agawam. Yes. And then they had... Uh, it was always like uh, Ed Sullivan, the, the mayor, the former mayor of West Springfield. Right, he guy was, I golf with. He did the uh, the chim chimney uh, <laughs> uh, thing from Mary Poppins. Oh, with Dick Van Dyke. Or uh, yeah, not, not Mary Poppins. Uh, yeah. Was yeah, it Mary yeah. Poppins? Was yeah. Mary Poppins? Yeah. 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 He, he did that whole dance. He yeah. did that whole thing. So I, can was, total, uh, I can totally see Ed dressed up as a chimney sweep. Yeah, with Will Reichelt holding his tools. No, no. See, he wasn't there. He was. He wasn't born yet when that happened. <laughs> he still. I see. He still was in the womb. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, got a couple of other stories from West Springfield. Cops there looking for help from the public in identifying two women responsible for the larceny of credit cards and the use of those credit cards after an incident at Panera Bread in the Riverdale shops, one fifteen in the afternoon, back in May. And they're still looking for these two women. There's a screen grab you can check out on the various news websites. See if maybe you recognize these young ladies. Have they uh, knocked over Panera's before? Doesn't say. Are they? Does Panera normally get knocked over? I mean, no. I, I mean, no. It would not be the place that. It, listen, if I were looking to commit a crime, I, I probably would not be stealing loaves of breads and baguettes. I'm trying to. Yeah, look. I'd, I'd look for something that's a little bit more profitable. I'm trying to look for these uh, these two ladies. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're wearing masks and they've, you know, they got like sweatshirts on. So, and they're they're not completely facing the camera, but nonetheless, looking kind of hot from behind, at least. Right? Yeah. I thought so. That's right. Yeah. So, there's that. I'd like to bake some bread in that oven, huh? Yeah. <laughs> little baguette, huh? You want my little baguette? There it is. Also in West Springfield, <laughs> twenty-two news. Hearing from local <laughs> residents who are worried about guns at a school. It's a West, Spring, uh, West Springfield charter school where one student brought a BB gun to class. This prompted the school to issue a shelter-in-place warning. No one was harmed or threatened, but residents say they're worried about the negative toll this could take on a child's mental health, especially with all the other stories they're hearing about. And New York Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul signing legislation yesterday raising the age to buy semi-automatic rifles. The age will go up to the age of 21 in New York State. It's one of several public safety bills passed by state lawmakers that Hochul signed, including one tightening New York's red flag law that allows courts to temporarily take away guns from people who might be a threat to themselves or others. 
So every other law-abiding 21-year-old still has to go through a certain level of scrutiny? Mm-hmm. Even if, like, does that mean every gun at the age of 21 or just specific types of guns? Uh, those those are for the semi-automatic type of guns. All right. So for everybody else, you can be 18 and enjoy yourselves with your guns. Yes, and another restriction, restricting the sales of bullet-resistant vests and armor to people in certain professions. I'm buying a salt gun. Salt gun? Yeah. To, to, like to, to salt your meats? No, it's uh, you put salt, table salt in it, and you can kill flies with it. Oh, I like that. Yeah, you pump it. It's got a little air action, uh, and you can uh, precisely hit the fly that's on the wall. Hmm. And it just Is that a real thing? Really? Yeah, yeah. A salt gun? Yeah. That, so it's not <laughs> A-S-S-A-U-L-T? No, it's no. a salt gun. Yes. <laughs> wow. How much yeah. does that run you? Uh, let me, I don't even know. I didn't even, I, I think it was probably like, I don't know, 50, 60 bucks. I'm interested in that. That sounds cool. Yeah, you put table salt in it and um, bug assault, it's called. Bug assault 3.0, $49.99. And you can buy it at Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people, rock solid service. Yeah. Every Rocky's Ace Hardware I don't know if they location. have it. I don't know if they have it in stock. You might have to order it, but wow. they still sell it. Interesting. I yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, it's and, and you, you just fill it with table salt. And then uh, you see a fly, and you go, and then the salt covers the fly and kills it. Kind of like like you shoot it like with like a buckshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty very much like nice. That. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm all about that. Sounds good. Hey, I forgot to mention by the way, with the Celtics and the Warriors in Game Three of that NBA Finals set for tomorrow night in Boston, you can hear it on our sister station, Laser ninety eight five. Brought to you by Berkshire Heating and Air Conditioning. Looking forward to that, and it's. Coming up on 742 with back Steve and Dave. we got lots to cover and now hear this, including a new ice cream that's questionable, a new action figure that's questionable, and a new program in the U.K. that you guys are going to be interested in, plus a brand-new restaurant concept that may be sweeping the nation. We'll get to all that coming up and now hear this on Rock 102. This is what camping sounds like when you have sleep at... To Springfield's Classic Rock at 749 in Billy Idol. We're back, Steve and Dave on Rock 102. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunny and high 80. There's bagels upstairs in the Tandem Bagel Company that uh, we got to get to. Uh, we got to get through this whole uh, audio <laughs> yeah. thing. Let's, let's How do they look? How do they look? <laughs> yeah, now hear this. Now hear this. <laughs> <laughs> now hear this. Now hear this. Do you truly hear what I'm saying? Sound off like you got a pair. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Now hear this on Rock 102 with back Steve and Dave in the morning. All right, where's this bagel shop, by the way? Tandem Bagel Company out of West Springfield. They also have one in uh, Northampton and East Hampton. And, uh, well, yeah. East Hampton's their, uh, is their, uh, their flagship. They've okay. got Northampton, Hadley, Florence, and West Springfield. Wow, looking forward to trying those. Very good. As long as we're on food, clip number one for you right here. Pardon me. Would you have any Grey Poupon? But of course. Grey Poupon ice cream coming out at Walmart. Really? Yep. <clears throat> Crushed up pretzels along with a Grey Poupon honey Dijon mustard swirl in the ice cream. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, mm. I like mustard like the rest, uh, like anybody else, but not an ice cream. I agree with you on that. They have four other flavors that will be debuting from this one brand at Walmart. Espresso flavor, okay. Peach flavor, okay. Honey cornbread with strawberry jam. That might be all right. Mm. And campfire s'mores. Those all sound okay. The Grey Poupon ice cream, maybe not so much. There, There's one brand. I don't even know what the hell it is. I've seen it online. Uh, it's a macaroni and cheese flavor. Ah, 
ice cream. Yeah. It's, it's actually supposed to be okay, but there's a, a couple of other yeah. flavors that are uh, they're uh, allegedly horrific. I don't like. Uh I don't like that particular flavor of anything. I don't like macaroni and cheese. Never did as a kid. What? what? Yes. How do you not like macaroni and cheese? That's like saying you don't love your mother. Shh, shh, quiet. I. <laughs> and I don't like watermelon. Have I said that before? Watermelon? What? Yes. Get the hell out of here. You don't eat watermelon? No. I love watermelon. All right. No watermelon, no mac and cheese. Right. What did you eat when you were a child? Pizza. Um, Pizza. And um, maybe some cereal what kind once of in a pizza? while. Well, not the Hawaiian type, just Thank the regular. God for that. Yeah, no, I hate uh, that. I hate yeah, that. That would have just. Although I do like that would have just severed this relationship. <laughs> I, know, by the way. Well, I think it was severed <laughs> yeah, long. That, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that would have been, been, been it. I like pineapple <laughs> by itself, but I don't like it mixed in with the other yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's fruit. Fruit doesn't belong on pizza. I exactly. totally agree with you. Uh, cut number two. There's a brand new type of Taco Bell opening today in Minnesota couple of Taco Bell reps describing how last year, you know, COVID helped them realize what they saw as the future of the drive through Here they are. We took that idea and literally lifted all the operations of the kitchen up off the ground and made four or five lanes of traffic that go through it. And we serve walk-ups, we serve people on bikes, and we serve lanes of people through traffic. So, in other words, and you can look this up, by the way, it mm-hmm. looks like a two- or three-story Taco Bell with the kitchens above and these drive-through garage stalls below where they lower the food to you right directly from the kitchen. Sounds like a very expensive way to operate a Taco Bell. I, they're saying that this is the wave of the future. They're calling it Taco Bell Defy. A concept that they say will defy norms and define the future of dining. It's opening today in a Minneapolis suburb known as Brooklyn Park. I can see that happening with all the, you know, people want more convenience foods and they don't want to have to go into a place to get it. So if you can make it more accessible by doing drive through they're probably right. They probably are some sort of pioneer in the uh the drive-through eating industry. You should check out the photographs of the uh, artist rendering of this yeah. Taco Bell. It's pretty cool looking, actually. It's like something out of the future. Ooh, it's like a... It's kind of like a like a, one of them brew-through type of things? Not exactly. I know what you're talking about. They have those down south where it's sort of like uh, just this one-stall garage where you drive through and pick up your booze. Yeah. But this, again... These have the bays that you drive through, and the restaurant kitchen is above you. You know, uh, I bet the people of 1922 say, we'll have flying cars and cures for cancer by 2022. But no, we have a six-lane Taco Bell. <laughs> we will we'll be able to lower your nachos to you. We, yeah. will, we will persevere with our six-lane Taco Bell. Clip number three, the new Jurassic World movie premieres this week, and Jeff Goldblum has his own action figure. I love it. It's got little sprigs of hair hair on the chest. Lovely. And if you push it down, my voice uh, will render a few lines from the original movie. Life finds a way. How about that? There you go. The new Jeff Goldblum action figure, and it's... Naked from the waist up. <laughs> it's not the fly. <laughs> now that we would be interested in, right? And uh, cut number four for you right here. I think everyone should work just four days a week. New experiment in the UK, a four-day work week. They just launched it. 
70 companies are taking part in this six-month experiment where workers will receive their full pay for working just 80% of the usual week. Why can't we do that? That's what I'm saying, Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 80% of the usual week, but they're extending the work day of those four days. No, no, the four-day work week will last, you know, just eight hours a day. And by the way, over 3,300 workers spanning 70 companies from banks to fish and chips restaurants in the UK will be taking part in the experiment. Because I know some people will say, yeah, you can work four days a week, but it's a 16-hour day. No. (laughs) Forget that. That's not it. Nobody wants to do that. I don't want to do that. The program's being run by a nonprofit in association with multiple groups of researchers. So, you know... We usually steal a lot of ideas from the UK when it comes to like reality shows and things like that. Maybe this is the beginning. This could be the next thing. Right? I, I do like having a three day weekend. I, I, yes. I can't lie to you. Yes. I really like that. Yeah. I think we'd get more done. The American culture is never going to let the three day work, three or four day work week happen. I, it's not going to happen. I think you're wrong. I think if, if it, if, look, if it works in the UK, we'll steal it. Well, I mean, uh, I'm sure there are things in the UK that uh, that have not been all that successful, like dentistry. Right, not been a real big thing over there. <laughs> well, that's I think that <laughs> that's because of the dental health of the people over there. You'd think it would be a thriving industry over there with the teeth we've seen. I don't but, know about that, but people just don't care. Apparently, they don't care. Yeah, it's seven fifty-six with back Stegels. Steve and Dave bagels, and then the one hundred and two second sports on Rock one hundred two. Hey, Springfield. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As you know, head coaching positions in professional sports are nothing more than glorified temporary positions at best. One day you're here, the next day you're being escorted out the door by security. And while there's always multiple reasons and extenuating circumstances for every firing in every business... When a professional sports team such as the Boston Bruins fire their head coach, I cannot help but wonder who really needs to be fired. The guy that was fired or the guy who fired the guy who was fired? For example, yesterday the Bruins fired head coach Bruce Cassidy after six winning seasons, six straight trips to the playoffs, and one appearance in the Stanley Cup. Uh, Granted, they lost that series in St. Louis in uh, in 2018 in the seven-game slugfest, but nevertheless, the obvious question still remains. What exactly did Bruce Cassidy do to get himself fired? Now, obviously, these things are never that simple. I also know uh, enough to never fully believe what I read in the press because there's always stuff that you never hear about. However, it wasn't exactly Bruce Cassidy's fault that the Bruins lost to Carolina in seven games in the opening round of the playoffs. It's not exactly Bruce Cassidy's fault that they never went back to the Stanley Cup Finals. It's also not Bruce Cassidy's fault that the Bruins were outplayed by better teams. And yet, despite six winning seasons, General Manager Don Sweeney decided that it was time for the guy to go. Why? I don't know. But it's possible that either Bruce Cassidy is being made into a scapegoat for all the questionable decisions made by Don Sweeney, or there's stuff that went on that we just don't know about. Like every employment situation, I'm going to say it's probably a combination of both because, honestly, that's how the world usually operates. There's the stuff you know, there's the stuff you don't know, and then there's the stuff you think you know but don't. That, my friends, is why the Bruins are about to hire another guy who they will eventually fire several years from now for another set of reasons that we don't really understand. Unless the team sucks, at that point we all understand. 
But hey, and if I'm yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You want to really say happy Father's Day? Say it with power tools. Go to Rocky's. Tons of great power tool deals right now. And they're all on the sales flyer, which you can find in the store, on the app, or at rockies.com. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 812 in Kansas. We're back, Stephen Dave, and Rock 102. Uh, it is going to be a nice day today, sunny and a high of 80. It's 69 giggity in downtown Springfield. Hey, the wife of a former California state senator in trouble, she's been accused of extensive plagiarism. Apparently, a Bay Area news organization found that uh, approximately one-fifth of a manuscript she'd been paid to write yeah. was totally lifted from other sources without crediting. By the way, she was paid millions to write the book about Santa Clara County's history, and all she did was go to Wikipedia, the History Channel, the Washington Post, county web pages, and other sources, and lift wholesale and print it as her own. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what I used to do for all my college papers. <laughs> right. No, wait a minute, though. But if it's if this is an historical piece, yes, she is going to sources. Yes. Is she just not citing them? Correct. All right. Well, there you go. Just copied them and. Passed it off as her own work. Yeah, you can't. Do, they don't like you. They don't like you doing that. Jean McCorkledale, the wife of former Senator Dan McCorkledale, was granted a two hundred two and a half million dollar contract over a ten year period to write the history of Santa Clara County. Ooh, man, that uh, that had to be some light reading. I don't know how anybody uh, in this day and age. Because I'm going to use that term mm-hmm. in this right. day and age, wouldn't know that how easy it is to cross-check text and you know I mean it's just it's a matter of simply googling two lines to find out where that uh, that article was printed before. Well, where are you going to go? A library? Oh well, yeah, mm. you're going to use microfiche. <laughs> You uh, you were saying off the air, but uh, you were once accused of the uh, of uh, plagiarism. I was really back in uh, junior high. I wrote a poem for a class. Yes. It was just a project, and the teacher, Gaylord Salisbury, accused me of plagiarism. Gaylord Salisbury. That was his name. Jesus. And I didn't do it. I, it was my own work, and I even remember what it was about. It was about a tank. For some yeah. reason. I was fascinated with, I don't know, war stuff and whatever. So I wrote a poem about a tank, and I wrote it so that it sort of resembled a tank. You know, like I I made the lines kind of create a silhouette. Mm-hmm. If you looked at the poem right. from above, and he accused me of plagiarizing something else, and I didn't. No kidding. I didn't. A little bastard. Yes. Gaylord what's-his-face? Gaylord Salisbury. He was also... A track and field coach, by the way. You know what? That's interesting. Because like at the time in, in junior high, he was a track and field coach? Yes. And taught English. So I had a uh, teacher who was the uh, the long... Oh, he was st- a teacher. He wasn't a stu- another student. No, the teacher no, the accused teacher. me of plagiarism. Oh, I thought, I thought yeah. you were yeah. saying he was another student. <clears throat> Go ahead. So I had a uh, I had a similar experience with a teacher who uh-huh. was the long-term, the long-time baseball coach okay. at my high school. Okay. Still there, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't like me at all because I was uh, he was the he was a, a coach, and he didn't like uh, dudes if you weren't a jock. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, had heard I was somewhat of a class clown okay. and felt like uh, class clown equals troublemaker. And mm-hmm. I never caused any trouble in his class whatsoever. And what class did he teach aside from English? English. English. Dude didn't like me. Um, and uh, always gave me a hard time. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a little, uh, like the next school year, I have the best English teacher, maybe the best teacher I ever had in high school. This wonderful woman named Miss Rice. God bless her soul. Wonderful woman. And there was a writing assignment in the class, and uh, I wrote something. I don't even remember what the hell I wrote. But one day, and she, she, she tells me, she comes up to me uh, the, the day after I submitted this uh, this this writing assignment, mm-hmm. and she says, listen to me, um, I just read your essay in the teacher's lounge mm-hmm. so that other teachers could hear what you wrote. Nice. Apparently, she thought whatever yeah. hell I wrote was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Well, this uh, this baseball coach, Mr. Cuthbertson, <laughs> was in the teacher's lounge at the same time, and she read this thing, but didn't say who wrote it. Mm-hmm. And the guy says, who the hell wrote that? And Miss Rice says, Baxendale wrote that. Mm-hmm. And he said... Oh, really? Oh, he wrote that? Uh, I don't think so. Now, again, this is Miss Rice telling me this story. Mm-hmm. He said, Mr. Cuthbertson didn't believe you wrote it. And I said, well, Bill, mm-hmm. maybe if you spent a little bit more time paying attention to how talented of a writer he was, <laughs> you wouldn't be such a jerk and understand Ooh. that the guy could actually yeah. write better than most of the kids in your class. So you stop checking out the girls in their shorts at, uh, at, at gym time, pal, That's and say pay right. more attention to what's going on with the smart kids. That's right. So Miss Rice stood up for me as a writer to this guy who thought I had plagiarized whatever I had written. Mr. Cuthbertson and Mr. Salisbury both incorrect about you and me. Both and, a couple of jerks. And did you uh, did did you really plagiarize it? No, I actually wrote oh, it. You wrote that? Yeah, huh? I never never plagiarized that. Well, in college, sure, but that but but never in high school. Steve, can't you tell from the brilliant writing that oh, comes out of the view the, from the couch the words every day? Just flow yeah. from my brain like an ever flowing uh, yeah, thing that's the, wet. The view from the couch I heard on the Jim Rome show every day. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. What you heard on Jim Rome comes from me. Oh, is that what it is? I taught Jim Rome everything Now you sound like me, a dom-dom. That's right. On the seventh day, God rested. (laughs) Then dom-dom took over. You know. Uh, But... uh, I, I I didn't I never got accused of uh, plagiarizing, but I do have a friend, uh, Bafo the Chimp, well, my good friend Bafo the Chimp. <laughs> yeah, yes. Told me this story about how when he was in high school and they you know they were all getting into the the recreational drugs and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The English teacher needed them to write poetry, so uh, what a, a friend of his did was uh, take a take a song that he knew and then change the lyrics to it and submitted it and got an A. Wow. And the opening huh. line was. He blew his mind out in a boat. He didn't notice that the tide had changed. <laughs> <laughs> and Lennon and McCartney never came after no, him. No, wow. nobody ever. Nobody ever. Wow. And, he, and the teacher was like, this is brilliant. This is brilliant to work. Brilliant. <laughs> well, that's just like a parody. I think you can get away with that. As long well, yeah, as you've got an ASCAP BMI license. It's, it's, yeah, a parody is one thing. Yes. I mean, you can get away with that stuff. Yes. But, if, but not crediting a source, right. you can't get away with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a pa- that wasn't really a parody, though. That was plagiarizing a song t- in order to submit work <laughs> well, in order I, for you to get credit. I don't know. That's there's some gray area there. It I was very it. clever. Yeah, yeah. Well, the old Jim Lehrer song, you know, 
plagiarize, let no one else's work evade your eyes. Right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's not plagiarism, it's, it's research. It's true. That's it. It's uh, 820 with back Stephen Dave and Rock 102. Rock 102's Classic Rock Summer is driven by Leah Toyota of Will 832. We're back, Stephen, Dave, and Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car whether you trade it or not. It's time for news. Here's Dave Coombs. The latest on the saga at the Soldier's Home in Holyoke, a class action lawsuit over the deadly COVID-19 outbreak there, inching toward a settlement after a conference between lawyers and a federal judge. Defendants, including home administrators and state officials, had reached a $56 million deal with the 168 victims of the outbreak, and details of the settlement must still be approved by a U.S. district court judge. So Attorney, that, So that amount, was, was that rejected? It, it has not been approved yet. Has not been approved. Attorneys are aiming to finalize the settlement by mid-November. So we still got to wait a little longer for the finality of this particular story. Meantime, the founders and the chaplain of the 28-year-old New Spirit religious camp have been sanctioned by the Roman Catholic Diocese of Springfield after a year-long investigation into alleged misconduct. No evidence of sexual misbehavior or grooming. They found founder Barry Kingston, a long meadow musician, had committed multiple boundary violations it says with multiple teens as far back as 2007 but again nothing abusive sexually or otherwise co-founder and springfield real estate agent patrick sears was accused of ignoring a complaint by a girl since 2018 he declined to participate in the investigation on the advice of his attorney and he'll be suspended from the ministry until he does comply Kingston had risen to prominence as a member of the rock bands The Breakdown and The Screaming Souls. His first national exposure came when he won MTV's Basement Tapes competition. The most recent records for the charity showing that Kingston and Sears paid themselves annual salaries of more than $76,000 to operate the ministry. Bad news in Salem. The bewitched statue has been defaced. The one of uh, Elizabeth Montgomery? Yes, the star of the 60s television show. A 31-year-old homeless man living in Salem, arrested in connection with the vandalism. It happened earlier this week. He faces charges of disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, and defacing public property. Witnesses reported seeing the man paint the statue around 5 o'clock in the evening. And work crews power wash the statue this past Monday night, yeah, last night, stripping the fresh paint off of it, according to a news report from Boston. No serious damage to the statue in Salem. Thank God for that. You know, as a young man who pined quite uh, rambunctiously over Elizabeth Montgomery, mm-hmm. I can tell you that I've dreamt of defacing her myself more than once. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Won't be, her nose won't be the only thing that's wiggling. Ain't that the that's truth? That's right. Yeah. All right. Mrs. Stevens, what's going on yeah. here? Yeah, she was the only one worthy. Because Endora, was that the, na- the name of the older woman, Endora? I think you're thinking of Pandora. Pandora. Pandora, yeah. Now, that's the jewelry that you buy. For she had one, it. too. Yeah. <laughs> and wasn't wasn't Paul Lind in that as well as yes. Uncle Arthur? Uncle Arthur. Yes. And, of course, uh, you know, Endora was played by Agnes Moorhead. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because if he got any less, you'd be asking for more. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. 
Speaking about asking for more, $500 checks could be coming your way if you qualify as a certain resident of Massachusetts. For instance, if you earned less than $39,000 last year as a single person or as the head of a household of four, if you earned $79,500, you could qualify for these $500 checks starting today from the Commonwealth's COVID-19 Essential Employee Premium Pay Program. You'll be able to fill up half your gas tank, go inside, and get a gallon of milk. What, are you going to just reject it because of that? No, I'm, I'm saying, listen, that's going to that's gonna save you a, a couple bucks. About 300,000 Bay State residents are eligible for these checks, again, starting today. So make sure you check out the qualifications. In Chicopee, no more Polish food at the Collegian Court. The venerable downtown restaurant, shut down and received nearly a, uh, revived nearly a decade ago, is being sold to a philanthropic organization. The Shriners will be taking it over. And the last day of operations as a restaurant for the Collegian Court will be June 17th. So Billy Stetson, who, who owns it, uh, also owns the, uh, the Rumble Seat. We've done, a lot, we've done a lot of events at both places, but especially the Rumble Seat. Mm-hmm. And my understanding of what you know he said online uh, yesterday, and or even in the uh, the article is, is that you know, Collegian Court was not for sale, but that the uh, the the Shriners approached him mm-hmm. about buying it out. He has been having he like nearly every other restaurant and bar owner has been having a problem with staffing. Right. So if like for example, if you use that banquet room uh, at Collegian Court, it would have been very hard for them to staff an event simply because there just aren't enough people willing to work at restaurants and bars these days. So in a way, uh, you know, Billy probably felt he had no choice and it went to a good, you know, a, a, a good proprietor, you know, a good buyer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I get it. If, you know, if it helps him, uh, you know, make his business uh, at the Rumble Seat thrive a little bit more, which is, you know, still a great place, great neighborhood bar, then, then God bless him for it. But, uh, these are tough times, man, for for that for those kinds of businesses. Yep. Real tough. While the, Colle- the Collegian Court will be closing down, as I said, June 17th, uh, the building is slated to be sold to the Shriners for July and used as their headquarters. And as for the workers at the Collegian Court, many of them will shift over to the Rumble Seat, according to this report in MassLive.com. It's too bad that the uh, Shriners won't use that as a restaurant, because I can really see... You know, like uh, your waiters and staff, you know, driving to your table with the uh, with your order. They have the little monkey, the, the little monkey do it. Have the monkey do it. Yeah. You know, drive a little go kart uh, mm-hmm. to your table. Yeah, serving your food. That would be kind of cool. That would be very fun. Shriner soup. You have specials like that on the menu. Perhaps. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Served in a fez, upside yeah. down. I like it. Just without the tassel, as I was saying earlier, because the tassel might get in the way of the food. One bucket of chili and one bucket of cheese. See what I'm talking about? Yeah. Perfect. Nantucket is a step closer to allowing anyone to go topless. The gender equality on beaches bylaw amended, passing at the annual town meeting, but it's not a done deal yet. It still requires approval from the state attorney general's office. The bylaw was proposed by a Nantucket resident, Dorothy Stover, and reads in part, Quote, in order to promote equality for all persons, any person shall be allowed to go topless on any public or private beach. Under state law, of course, only us guys can go topless in public right now. 
Let those danglies hang out, ladies. <sighs> and by danglies, you mean the breasts. Yes. yes. Well, those two. I assume you could have other danglies. Oh, man. <laughs> these look like a pair of basset hounds right there, don't they? Listen, I I don't know why we have been... I, I mentioned this before. I don't know why we've, we're so hung up on this stuff. I mean, I've been to beaches, uh, like out of the country, where, you know, the Europeans... They go top us, don't even bat an eye. No one even thinks about anything. Kids are around, mm-hmm. no one no one says a thing. And it's like and you know, here are us Americans, you know, gawking at this stuff like they they've never seen a set of breasts before. But you know, because it's out in public, we can't believe it. But the rest of the world doesn't have that hang up that we do. No, at, at least in Europe they don't. I mean, maybe some of the other countries do i don't know but uh, you're right we we need to become a little less prude and a little more educated when it comes to that the, sure. first, the first time i ever saw like a naked pair of breasts on a beach i yeah. thought it was like the greatest day of my life but it was like after about like 15 20 minutes of it you're yeah. like i'm just gonna I, go and do my thing now i told you i did that uh, that nudist camp thing mm-hmm. uh about four or five years ago yes that was uh that was an, an, an interesting experience i did not have to be naked but I saw other people very naked. Right. One, to, uh, I, I was taken on a tour through this place, and uh, there was a game room in the rec room, and uh, there was just these like old naked people playing pool and watching Fox News because <laughs> that's what you do at camp. That's, that's a what, combo. That's what you do at nude camp. We're gonna play pool and watch uh, uh, Sean Hannity. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Well, you don't want to watch anything that's going to arouse you, so yeah, watching Sean know. Hannity, probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> My first boobs I saw in a movie form, by the way, in The Godfather. I was probably 10 oh, and Ap- was sitting in the theater with my grandparents. Apollonia. Yes. Right. With yes. my grandparents and my mom. Uh. I was horrified because they were with me. I wanted to just enjoy it. And then she blew up in the car yes. to say, I'll never see these breasts again. Yes. Until- you know, somebody, you know, yeah. did, they, did they have to get you therapy for the trauma that you went through for seeing a pair of lung mittens? No, I was pleased to see them. <laughs> I just was horrified that I was watching them next to my grandparents and my mom. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, you know, yes. when you were when you were a kid and you first got cable in mm-hmm. the house. Yep. Do you ever, uh, you know, like, you know, flip between premium channels just to see an errant boob pop oh, on the screen? Yeah, yeah. and you the got scrambled that, silsa, you know, the scrambled silsa. Yeah, the wavy. Yeah, you know, right. Yeah. I would do that for you, hours. You could hear the audio, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Surrounded by white noise, too. Yeah, 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 white noise. It's like. <laughs> well, uh, this particular one, there was nothing white about it. No, I, no, I got saying, it. Yeah, I got yeah. it. Do you remember the first movie you saw a uh, naked lady in, by the way? Godfather for me, age 10-ish. I don't know. I don't remember if I remember the, the, the first time. Maybe I was 12. I don't know. I uh, I had uh, I had a pen that, I, uh, was, w- that was given to me by uh, a person we called an uncle, but wasn't really an <laughs> uncle. Right. Those that, are great, by the way, those kind of family members. It was a pen that when you flipped it upside down, her, her clothes would come off. Uh-huh. Yeah. That those. was my first naked lady that I saw. Nice. I think the first time I actually <laughs> saw uh, boobs was actually at a... At a <sighs> so I think this would have been like a, at a, like a, at a, in a garage mm-hmm. uh, where my dad was bringing his car to a mechanic. Mm-hmm. 
and on the back and he had a like a closet door or the right. bathroom door right and there was like a big giant poster of a naked chick mm-hmm. on it mm-hmm. and uh you know my dad had to go you know and haggle with this guy and i'm i'm there with my dad mm-hmm. and the only thing i'm paying attention to is the poster thinking yeah. man that's a great poster this yeah. is that that is that would look so good in my room yeah no he wouldn't let you have wouldn't that, let me right. have that what what a bummer huh yeah i know now, if we were living in Europe, you could see a picture like that. Kid would never bat an eye. Sees those things all the time. First boobs I ever saw in person, actually, was Mrs. Findlay. So I was probably 12 or 13. And wait, 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 wait. Did I read this in uh, Penthouse Forum once? <laughs> no. I never thought anything like like this would happen to me. You're confusing that with Jalen Brown having his pants pulled down. Right. By Draymond Green. All right, Mrs. Finley. Mrs. Finley. So my grandfather had a business associate named Mr. Finley, who he called a son of a bitch, by the way, one time. First time I ever heard anything like that in my grandfather's mouth. And so because they were business associates, I was then forced to sort of be friends with the young son of the family, Teddy Finley. They were very wealthy. Mm-hmm. I went over to his house. We're swimming in the pool. And out comes Mrs. Findlay with nothing on. She All emerges right. from from the cabana to, like, you know, arrange some of the pool noodles or something like that. Were you arranging your own pool noodle? Uh, I'm not going to say anything more about that. But Was, that she, was, was she bare-ass naked? Yep. Rip, like, bottoms were gone, too? Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. I got it. First one I ever saw. Was Jean Hubley. She was the mom up the street. <laughs> she had a gaggle of children. She uh-huh. had like she must have had like ten children. Like uh, it was like the old lady who lived in a shoe, but they lived in a very nice colonial. Right. And uh, they were very very Catholic people, mm-hmm. so they had lots of babies. Like the oldest was like sixteen, and the youngest was one. Like that. Like gotcha. All these kids in between. <laughs> yep. And I went over there. I was probably seven years old. And uh, she was breastfeeding the baby when I walked in the living room. And she acted like it was, you know, I mean, it was no big deal, but to a kid yeah, right. sure. who was seven years old going, what? <laughs> <laughs> like the cartoons where the eyeballs bug uh, out. Like about uh, a, yeah, uh, right. Mean Gene Hubley, man. That's uh, Wow. She was quite the gal. <laughs> 8.45 with back Steve and Dave on Rock 102. You know, there's a couple of things I can do around my house that don't require any help. Like, uh, I can change the light bulb or uh, put the toilet paper back on that roll thing. Yeah. Rock, it's 8.52 in John Mellencamp with back Steve and Dave on Rock 102. Good morning. Uh, highs near 80 today with sun and clouds. Maybe some rain tomorrow and Thursday. Hey, uh, thanks to the folks at uh, Tandem Bagels in East Hampton. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. At least I don't know if that's the store. Well, West Springfield. Was West Springfield. Were, yeah. There you go. Yeah, they uh, they delivered a bunch of stuff this morning. Very, very good. Dude, mm-hmm. first of all, the coffee is uh, phenomenal. I'm like, uh, I like it uh, bold and full-bodied. Mm. Yeah. Don't you like my coffee? Huh? I like your coffee. What do you mean? What are you talking about? What do you mean your coffee? What, don't you remember the old commercials? What? Don't you like my coffee? Oh, no, you're doing you're doing a bit. We don't do bits. We're prop comics. That's why I got this cup of coffee in my hand because I'm talking about how delicious it is. I see. And, and you're in, right. uh, it is kind of strong, but I I like it too. And I don't like normally. I don't like strong coffee. It's good. No, yeah. you know what it reminds me of the White Hut coffee. Hmm. The White Hut coffee has that boldness to it uh, that just uh, I have never gone like, to the White Hut for coffee. It's like jet fuel. It's really? good. Yeah. You never had a breakfast sandwich from the White Hut? No, I've only you, I've only had the hamburger. You are missing out, my friend. What the hell is going on? I know. Yeah. Well, be damned. White Hut. 
the uh, members of the staff are coming down the stairs behind you, Steve, can to we, to can, ask if they can, 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 we, can we have some of this. Yeah, right? Do you mind if us vultures go uh, upstairs and have some of those you know snacks? What? I forgot to send out an all staff email saying if you ate a bagel, our friend Kathy, who's recovering, will recover even faster if you eat <laughs> one of those tandem bagels. Please reply all saying which one you took, Asiago cheese or a poppy seed? Yeah, because and we're going to be testing. We're going to have drug testing afterwards. The uh, yeah the. Uh, if we had drug testing here, everybody would be fired. No kidding. Uh, uh, but the bacon scallion cream cheese from the Tandem Bagel Company. Oh, dude, that was good. It was like uh, it was like sticking your mouth in a creamy pound of bacon. Oh, God, that was good. That was good. And by the way, the woman from the office upstairs that I just mentioned who came down the stairs yeah. right behind you, Steve, in the window was mimicking, can I have one of the bagels? And she held up. Like her hands put together in a circle yeah. to indicate a bagel. Oh, so I thought she was. I thought she was doing like the little, the little finger heart. The heart. No, nope. that, that, that says nope. I love you. No, it was definitely more of a circle. Yeah, I'm okay. De- I'm, I'm definitely going to write the all staff me email then. Please, su- please support our coworkers. I, th- I think it's understood that if the, there's there's snacks up in the uh, in the uh, in the kitchen, that it's for everybody. Yeah, if it's just you know splayed out there. It's not just and there's like you know 30, 40 bagels up there. It's it's not just for the three of us. Pretty sure we're not going to pack down that many bagels all at once. Well, says you. Says me, but you know, I, you know, I, I got to be out of here by you know ten fifteen. Mm-hmm. I, I can't eat bagels that fast. We, we, I'm out of Joey Chestnut. We can sit here and eat bagels all day long. Why didn't we? I don't know. We should have though. I know. Still, still not too late. It's uh, just about eight fifty six. We're back, Stephen Dave, on Rock One Hundred Two. Hey, Springfield kids, you need to know your father is living a lie. No, 